God designed us for life, an abundant life with Him and with one another. But there's a problem. Someone has taken our life. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. We're missing out on life like God intended because we go looking for life in all the wrong places. But there is a solution to this problem. Jesus said he came so that we may have life and have it in abundance. That's why Cross United Church exists, to help people find life like God intended. We believe life like God intended happens when three things are united in our lives. When we're brought to God in wholehearted worship through the cross of Jesus Christ, when we're brought together in authentic community, when we're deployed on the joyful mission that God has for us in the world, we experience fullness of life. Life like God intended, united in wholehearted worship, authentic community, and joyful mission is why Cross United Church exists. Hey, Cross United, I'm so glad you've joined us for this online message. He is risen. It is Resurrection Day. Jesus is alive. It is a great day to celebrate. I want to encourage you to turn or tap in your Bible or your app to John 14, 27. While you're doing that, I want to remind you, you can go to crossunited.org. And at crossunited.org, you can click on the top left-hand side of the menu bar, online check-in. That's a place for you to connect with us and for us to connect with you. Spot there for you to let us know ways we can be praying for you. Also, there at crossunited.org is our giving tab. If you consider Cross United your church home or you just consider yourself to be a generous person, we encourage you to give uh, online. The next thing I want to remind you about, ladies, on Tuesday, our spring Ladies Bible study is going to be starting. It's going to be a study of the life of Joseph, Finding God Faithful, uh, study by Kelly Minter. If you're interested, we're going to have in-person options at 9 a.m. on Tuesdays and online at 7.15 p.m. on Tuesdays. Email laura at crossunited.org for more information. Finally, I want to let you know something very exciting on the way, and that is that we are restarting our student ministry. We're going to be restarting our student ministry, and we're going to be having an interest meeting on Friday, May 7th, so mark your calendars and be ready for that. All right, there in uh, your Bible, we're going to be in John 14, 27. We're going to be talking about real peace in a crazy world. Um Often, when uh, my family and I fly back to where I grew up in California, we fly into the San Francisco airport, we get our luggage, and we get onto what they call the air train. The air train is a, uh, a, a people mover um, that, uh, that, that moves people from the terminal, and it's, it's a long way away down to the rental car center. And there, there at the rental car center, we do what maybe you have done, probably have done at some point. We check in to get a rental vehicle for us to use while we're uh, on our trip. And, uh, and there, you know, and usually we use the automated check-in option where, you know, you tap through, you scan your card and, and you can get through and, and print out your, your receipt. Um, but, but no matter whether you're on the um, automated check-in option or you're standing in the line at the and standing at the counter with an agent they're always going to offer you additional insurance to protect your rental vehicle and and the way they will explain it is for just this much more you can have peace of mind and not worry about what's going to happen to your rental 
vehicle. And, and you know, that never mind that it's going to almost double the cost of your rental. Never mind that the chances of you wrecking the rental vehicle are really small. And never mind the fact that if you did wreck it, your own car insurance would cover the damage. What they're offering is not just protection, but they are offering the sense of peace and not having to worry about the vehicle while you're driving it. Marketers have known for a long time that things like insurance, warranties, and these sorts of things, they're not selling protection of stuff. They are selling us a peace of mind about our stuff, that we just don't have to worry if something happens that it will be covered and taken care of. And, and marketers have discovered people are willing to spend a lot more money, a lot of extra money for that peace of mind. And, and the reality is we, we, we inhabit a crazy and chaotic world. Our, our ears and our hearts and our minds are constantly bombarded with, with noise and incomplete projects and crazy family life and Zoom calls and a sense of frustration that people didn't hold up their end of things or a sense of shame or guilt that maybe we didn't hold up our end of things. We're worried about vaccination rates and infection rates. We're worried about school for our kids. We're worried about all sorts of things, all sorts of things are disturbing the peace of our minds. And in contrast, we long, we long for peace. We long for the projects we're working on to be finished. We long for quiet at home, for good jazz, for mountain air, for the soft sound of cresting and crashing waves at the beach. We long for that sense of inner well-being. But peace, so often, eludes us. We, we find that our peace is fragile. Our peace is temporary. In at least three ways, I think, we lack peace. There are three ways that you lack peace. First, you lack peace inside. We lack internal peace. We're, we're dealing with pandemic levels of anxiety and depression. We're dealing with constant distraction and exhaustion. We wake up in the middle of the night like sweating with our heart rates pulsing. We, we, we can't wrap our minds around all that we have to get done. We grit our teeth and so, so we medicate with alcohol and pornography and work. Or play. We find solace in what we call at our church the killer bees. Birthday parties, ball games, brunches, boats. We, we try to find a peace inside because so often we lack that peace inside. The second way we lack peace is we lack peace with others. Our, our marriages have friction. Our relationships fracture. Our kids can be uh, difficult to, to, to raise and, and to, to, to connect with. Um, we, we divide our society has in any way that there is to divide. We, we are divided amongst old and young and middle-aged and black and white and brown and, and Republicans and Democrats and independents and, and rich and poor and middle class. We're, we're, we live in a society that, that is fractured and divided and separated. We lack peace with others. We lack peace inside. We lack peace with others. But mostly, third, is we lack peace with God. 
And this is the source of all of the lack of peace inside of us and outside of us. We lack peace with God because God made the world to live in harmony with him. He made people like you to be in a relationship with him. But but what we find when we look at the human condition, when we look at the human story, and when we look at our own lives, is that we have willfully separated ourselves from God. We have willfully gone against what we know God wants us to do, whether just from our own internal sense of right and wrong, or whether from our own, you know, having learned like the Ten Commandments, we go against what we know God wants because what we want is what different is different than what God wants. And and the the Holy Scripture, the Christian Bible, has a word for that willful separation, rebellion. It's called sin, and that sin separates us from God, and condemns us to judgment from God. And so we lack peace with God. Now you might say that you, um, you know, you're you're not that bad of a person. You you know you've never killed anybody. You're 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 like okay yeah. Now I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, but I'm not a bad person. I'm certainly not a sinner in in that sense. Well, I want you to think about it this way. I don't know if you ever watched that show Chopped, Chopped on the Food Network, where um, different uh, chefs will compete to. Um, to cook a meal uh, and cook a dish based on this basket of mystery, mystery ingredients for, for these uh, professional celebrity chefs who are the judges of the, the cooking competition. Um, every so often on Chopped, one of the chefs will nick their finger with a knife and there will uh, blood, you know, especially if it's toward the end of the time, they have 30 minutes or whatever to cook this dish. And, and if blood gets on just one of the dishes, just one part of the prep area, the entire dish is discarded. And they consider the entire dish contaminated. And now, now you can imagine, just imagine, that there's a little drop of blood and the chef says, you know what? This dish is 99%, 99.9% blood-free. And it is, it, it, it's almost, I mean, nobody's perfect. Can you just eat it and see what it tastes like? Well, of course we recoil and we say, no, absolutely not. Because we demand that our food be 100% blood-free, 100% contaminated. Because any bit of contamination is too much. Well, this is how God sees our sin. Any bit is too much. Any bit contaminates the whole thing whether it's totally contaminated or or just a tiny bit of contamination and if we're honest with ourselves we know that we're not getting a 99 percent in life we know we're messing up and failing way more than that we lack peace with god because of our sin and this this lack of peace this lack of peace within our hearts and our own minds, this lack of peace with other people, and this lack of peace with God. This, 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 we, we feel and sense this need for peace. And we don't know how to get it. That's where Jesus comes in and he offers us peace. It's a short but beautiful statement. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. This is the peace that Jesus offers to you. This is the peace that Jesus offers to you. Now, I know you're skeptical. I know you're skeptical because I'm skeptical. I've been marketed to, like you have, my entire life. I've watched infomercials promising that this product or this service will change my life. I have ordered things on Amazon that looked great in the description, and you order it, and it looks terrible when it arrives. We've been marketed to, and we've been made all of these boasting promises for all of our lives, and so we're skeptical. We're skeptical, and I get it. So what I don't want to do this morning is I don't want to try to market Jesus to you. What I don't want to do is I don't want to try to promise you something as, as, as like with some sort of money back guarantee. What I do want to do is to introduce you to Jesus and then just let you decide. Just let you decide. I'm not trying to market you a product. I'm trying to introduce you to a person and then let you and that person, Jesus, work it out from there. We find this promise Jesus makes here in John 14, 27 in the, in the book of John written by one of Jesus' best friends and followers about the life of Jesus. This guy followed Jesus when his, in his late teens and early 20s and then uh, for the rest of his life, 50, 60 years, followed Jesus, served Jesus. Um, after, after seeing Jesus crucified, executed on the cross for sin, buried and raised from the dead, he, this guy John gave the rest of his life to following Jesus. And then, and then he wrote down the story of his friend Jesus. And so as he writes this, he writes this story of Jesus. At the end of Jesus' life, he spends this evening with his friends and followers. And he tells them this beautiful promise. He promises them this beautiful promise that he will give them peace. And, and he says, I will leave my peace to you. Now, Jesus' peace isn't just what we can, we think of peace. We think of peace as the absence of something. We think of peace as the the lack of friction or the or we we picture ourselves in a quiet place like in the beauty of creation with, you know, crisp mountain air tickling the tops of the trees or the quiet waves crashing on the beach and and people are gone and we're just in quiet or our kids are in school or the war is over. The noise is gone. Jesus offers this kind of peace, this absence of friction, this absence of hostility, this absence of noise. But he also offers a positive peace. Jesus offers not just the absence of the bad, but the presence of the beautiful and the good. In the Bible, the word for peace in the Old Testament is the word shalom, which is this picture not just of the cessation of hostility, but is a word for the holistic flourishing and thriving of life in humanity. Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace 
the shalom of shalom, for it is trusting in you. Jesus offers you the solution to that internal struggle that you have, the lack of internal peace. Second, he offers you peace with others. Look at Ephesians 2, 14. He is our peace who made both groups, Jews and Gentiles, one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to you those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So he reconciles us. He heals marriages. He heals families. He brings together the old and the young and the middle-aged and the black and the white and the brown and the Republicans and the Democrats and the independents and the rich and the poor and the middle income. He brings people together. And he can offer you internal peace and he can offer you external peace with others because of the third way, the most important way, the fundamental way that he offers peace. He offers you peace with God. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We rebelled against God. We sinned against God. Our dish was contaminated. Our offering to God was contaminated, but he made a way. He made a way. God the Father sent God the Son to become a human being, to live a life without sin, to do miracles and teach the ways of the kingdom of God, and then to give up his life to death because the wages of sin is death. We deserved to die, and we will all die physically one day because we're all dead spiritually, and if we do not find life in Christ, we will one day die eternally in judgment. But God the Father sent God the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit to come and to die in our place on the cross. He was crucified. They pinned nails through his wrists and his ankles, and they hung him up until he died because the wages of sin is death, and he died for our sin, and he was buried in a cave, and on the third day, resurrection day, this day, he rose from the dead so that anyone who will turn away from their sin and trust in him will be forgiven of their sin and given eternal life. Jesus offers you peace internally, externally, and vertically. We see that the world around us offers peace. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I don't give to you as the world gives. The plastic peace of the world. How does the world offer peace? The world around us promises us if we're true to ourselves, if we believe in ourselves, if we live our best life, if we get enough money, if we, if we have enough sex, if we, if we enjoy enough of the things of, of this life, if we work hard enough, if we have enough vacation time, if we take enough trips, if we take enough outings on the boat, if we go to enough birthday parties, if we 
enjoy enough championships from our sports team, whatever it may be. The world around us offers us peace, but these peace it offers is plastic and will not last. Finally, Jesus, Jesus tells us we have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have a choice about internal peace. Now, I know there are genuine medical issues. There are genuine physiological things that it's not just a choice about, that we can have anxious, intrusive thoughts, that medical health professionals need to get involved sometime. I understand that. I'm not denying that. That in no way contradicts the fact that Jesus offers us peace. I've wrestled with anxiety myself. And one of the things God's helped me do is develop what I call the peace plan. And the peace plan is a simple way for me to remember to let go of the anxious thoughts to give them to the Lord. So the first thing you do is pray. Just give it to the Lord. Lord, I'm anxious about this. Help me. Not necessarily to pray about a specific outcome, but to pray for faith to trust no matter the outcome. This is the most important piece. Don't Don't rush past this piece because what we want to do is we want to get to the E. We want to evaluate. We want to try to talk ourselves out of this risk. But until we give that thing to the Lord, our evaluations only make it worse. But once we pray, we realize, we look, and we say, how likely is this worst case scenario really? Ed Welch has said, worriers are false prophets. Most of the time what we worry about, almost none of the time what we worry about happens. Then A, act. Likely your worry or anxiety is preventing you from doing good works God has called you into. Stand up from the rocking chair of worry and get to working. C, care. Often, Our anxiety turns us inward and we become so self-focused, we forget that there are others God has put in our life to love and to serve. Who are you called to love and serve right now? E, ease up. You know, you have genuine responsibility, but you do not have ultimate responsibility. The weight of the universe is not in your hands. God is sovereign, God is good, and you can trust Him. You have a choice about relationship peace. Romans 12, 18 says, As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We have an option to pursue peace. Sometimes we can't affect it ourselves because the other person doesn't want to have peace with us. But as far as it depends on us, we can have peace. Jeremiah 29, 7 Pursue the well-being of the city where I have deported you. The well-being there is the shalom, the peace of the city. Pursue the peace of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its peace you will find peace. When it thrives, you will thrive. In its peace you will find peace. God offers peace with others. He offers healing for your marriage. He offers help for your family. He offers reconciliation for our racially fractured 
culture. But the only way we can have internal peace and the only way we can have a horizontal external peace is by finding the peace with God. We have a choice about peace with God. In the work of Jesus Christ, in the story of Jesus Christ, in the, the true story of Jesus Christ living that sinless life, of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sin, being buried and raised from the dead, we have an opportunity to turn from our sin, from our own way of life, and to trust in Him for forgiveness of our sin and for eternal life to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and to believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead so that we might be saved. There's a man, um, a young man named Marvin, and Marvin was uh, in his early 20s and was a brilliant man. He went to Yale and he was working on his PhD and he was a um, passionate communist and his heroes were Russian revolutionaries and and he had learned Russian to read uh, Russian literature one night he was reading a pamphlet of Russian propaganda and the thought struck him like a bolt of lightning what if I'm wrong and what if God is real and he wrestled with that thought for a number of years he started to wrestle with the claims of Christianity and the person of Jesus and reading works of theology and Christian history. And he, he began one night, the only book he hadn't read in Russian of all the books that he owned. He learned Russian so he could read these communist, communist works was the Russian Bible. And so he pulled the Russian Bible off of his shelf and he began to read and it struck him how kind and how good Jesus was compared to his communist heroes. And he read, and over the course of the next months and year, without fireworks, without a lightning bolt, Marvin gave his life to Jesus. He realized Jesus Christ was God. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, died for his sin on the cross was buried and rose from the dead and that if he turned from his sin and trusted in him he would be forgiven of his sin and given eternal life and that's the same promise he offers to you peace with god is the foundation of peace within and peace with others and i know you're maybe you're wrestling maybe you're struggling and you're looking for peace will you accept the peace that god offers to you in jesus turn from your sin and trust in him god designed us for life an abundant life with him and with one another but there's a problem someone has taken our life jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy we're missing out on life like god intended because we go looking for life in all the wrong places but there is a solution to this problem. Jesus said he came so that we may have life and have it in abundance. That's why Cross United Church exists, to help people find life like God intended. We believe life like God intended happens when three things are united in our lives. When we're brought to God in wholehearted worship through the cross of Jesus Christ, when we're brought together in authentic community, 
when we're deployed on the joyful mission that God has for us in the world, we experience fullness of life. Life like God intended, united in wholehearted worship, authentic community, and joyful mission is why Cross United Church exists.